And welcome back to another edition of the On The Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C., coming to you from Long Island, New York. And while this is going to be a, sh- a solo show, Sean's down in Atlanta doing his thing. A uh, little free time he's got, so we might as well just do a, a podcast. And, hey, look, listen, we haven't done one in a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, with the circumstances... I got to give you a a little synopsis on how the Islander season went and what happened to them last night against Tampa in Game 7 and, of course, what the future outlook is going to be like for this team. But got a couple people here to shout out because it's really a group of you and For starters, since the Islanders lost last night, I just want to shout out all the fans uh, that root on the blue and orange because, you know, without the fans rocking the barn and everything like that, there would be no, there would be no Islanders and how much they've cared and how much, you know, we, because I'm a season ticket holder and I go to these games and I experience happiness, I experience sadness. But ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's been absolutely an unreal time to watch this team perform the way how they did against some pretty, pretty big teams. Big is inoffensive, and they took them down like there was no tomorrow, you know. They took down the Pittsburgh Penguins in six games. Everybody thought that the Penguins would win in six convincingly and how easy of a cakewalk they would have against the Islanders. That didn't happen. Uh, They outplayed the Islanders in some games and in some periods, but, you know, the Islanders, they went out there and they found a way to win some of those games, especially game five in double overtime. Uh, Joshua Bailey with the game-winning goal off of a... Uh, Tristan Jari pass. And then you got game five up in Boston where the power play came alive and we got to hear the New York Saints from Bruce Cassidy. And, you know, the fan base was outraged at that and livid as they they were. And they let him have it in game six of that series. But they were an underdog in that series as well, and nobody gave them a chance there. And then finally, you know, they went up against Tampa seven games, and Tampa gave it to them, man, you know. Tampa played their game, and, you know, while it may be a little bit heartbreaking, of course, to a lot of fans and to many people out there that root for the Islanders, you know, you got to give credit to where credit is due. Tampa came up to to the uh, to the challenge they lost game one they found a way to win games two and three Islanders came back in game four game five was a shellacking we all know that eight nothing loss game six Tampa was up two nothing going halfway into the third period they were on a fight the Islanders were on a five on three you know they couldn't convert we know what happened uh Jordan Eberle with the come from behind goal uh in game number six, a la 
like it was, I believe, in game, what was it, game one or game three? Games one, two, or three, where they, the the Islanders were down 2 nothing against the Capitals in the first round last year in the bubble. Jordan Eberle comes up with a huge goal. Huge. And that set up an Islander comeback win. And for two years now, the Isles have come back from behind in games. And, of course, who can ever forget about Anthony Beauvillier's game-winning goal in Game 6? At the barn, place goes rocking, place goes nuts. And, you know, they, they just literally found a way. They found a way to go out there and force a Game 7, rightfully so. And they gave it all they had, man, in that third period because Tampa was clamped down and they didn't give the Islanders an inch of offense. And that game, if that game reminded me of 2015 Game 7 against the Washington Capitals, in which they found a goal, they found a way to go out there and succeed, and, you know, they just couldn't convert. They could not convert, and the Islanders were right there on the thick of things, but sometimes you got to go through adversity, and this group has been through adversity, whether it be 2015 and 2016. The missed playoff opportunities in 2017 and 18. Um, you know, 2019, the beginning of it all with new head coach Barry Trotz coming in, and... 2020 going through the bubble how they were so close and making it in game six was a possibility and then you know this year going through so much adversity not having their captain Anders Lee uh the whole COVID situation you know Oliver Wallstrom going down in the Pittsburgh series and then you know the goal up against Boston you know having here head coach Bruce Cassidy talking about the New York Saints and how they weren't getting called with the penalties and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they just went through a lot. And the Islanders, they found a way to win those series. And this is a learning experience for them. This is something that while some fans of this organization can say this is a building block, others can say, and others are saying right now that this is it, the window's closing. They still have a young core in place. They do, no matter the age group them being the oldest of teams uh, at that point, you know, with, with the numbers that are out there. And this penalty, uh, this power play is not that good, but, you know, they'll find ways to do it and they'll go out there and do it. But the Islanders, regardless or not, they're not a fluke. They made it to the Final Four twice, two years in a row. And in three years, they made it to the postseason. And... When you can beat the Pittsburgh Penguins two times in three years, when you can go out there and shut down, uh, not shut down, but play toe-to-toe with both the Bruins and the Lightning, it, it's definitely a, a situation in which, you know, you want to learn from. And this is a team in which lost out on their quote-unquote best player in John Tavares three years ago. But without him, they've done so much better. And you could say that, it's addition by subtraction and having the head coach there. But, you know, ultimately, and with the GM, ultimately, at the end of the day, this team is finding ways to go out there and win games and do it with the core of pieces in which 
they are legitimately just they're winning games and that's the main thing and they have grit they have all balls no quit in this team and you know it just it speaks for itself man how much they care for one another so you know when you're looking at everything right now this team definitely is elite in my honest opinion did they beat tampa no but to be two years in a row fighting for a chance to make it to the Stanley Cup final, uh, that is definitely a huge thing. And, you know, there's a lot of question marks to be answered, of course, but we'll see what happens uh, come the offseason. And speaking of the offseason, you know, we'll get to the offseason right now because there are a lot of, there are a couple of free agents that are key pieces here. For this team and I'm not gonna go in a list of one to three or one to five but I'm just gonna throw out the names anyway Adam Pellick is a free agent Casey Zizekas is a free agent Anthony Beauvillier is a free agent those guys are gonna want to get paid but at that same point in time I think they know what it means to be an Islander and what kind of opportunity they have in front of them right now to ultimately succeed as a unit and for them i'm not just saying this as as a fan but two years ago when the islanders you know they had their opportunity to resign brock nelson andres lee uh jordan eberle and robin leonard you know the core of that group wound up resigning. The only guy that didn't resign was Robin Leonard, and we know what happened there as far as the timetable goes uh, with the goaltender, how he was going to come back, think about the offer, and then by the time he thought about the offer and made up his mind, uh, Lou Amarillo and company wound up going in a different direction. So, wound up working out for Robin Leonard. He's in Vegas now. He signed with Chicago before signing that and getting traded to Vegas and signing that multi-million dollar extension for five years. So kudos to him. The Islanders, they get Semyon Varlamov back-to-back uh, semis, conference finals, if you will. And they get Ilya Sorokin out of it. The young goaltending prospect, the white whale that everybody calls him. And it, it, it's been an absolutely unbelievable time to see the growth here out in the island. But as far as the, the free agents go on this team, and we'll throw in Michael Dalcole too. But, uh, you know, jo young Joshua Hosang, I don't think he's going to get resigned. Don't want to hear his name uh, in all of this. And, uh, you know, Sezikis is a must resign. People talk about Koifula. I'm sorry, but when you have a chance right now to go out there and win uh, a Stanley Cup, you got to bring back your core. Don't care how much, how much it is. The fourth line means so much. And yes... They weren't the same fourth line as they were a couple of seasons ago 
I understand that with the rocking and the hitting, but you could tell how much of a toll they put on the Bruins and the Penguins when they were winning those series and how much they were laying the beef and how much they were going out there and just legitimately uh, just bringing the pressure, if you will, uh, of just forechecking and just just being who they are, being that identity line for the Islanders. So Sezikis is definitely the centerpiece of it all. Um, Anthony Beauvillier, probably a, a vital part to the Islander machine as far as the B&B line, the, the killer B line, if you will, with Bailey and Nelson. Uh, you know, guy can go out there and forecheck. Guy can be a penalty killer at times. He's on the power play. He's fast. He's got the speed. He's still rather relatively young. You know he's going to want to get that money. But regardless or not, if they can resign him and that best friend dynamic with Matthew Barzal, I think if he gets on that first line with him and Eberle, like how it was with Doug Waite uh, back three years ago, I think that's said. But if he's on that second line, that's even better. They have the chemistry out there to make it happen. So, uh, you know, they know what they're doing there. But he is definitely a guy that they, they must resign. And, you know, Adam Pellick, man, you know, the Pellick posse, shout out Bat Tub Jake, man, for going out there and just making things happen. Um, the best defenseman on the Islanders right now, I know people want to throw Pulak some love and, you know, Noah Dobson's the young kid in place. But, uh,. Uh, Scott Mayfield, too, is another guy that might be getting an extension sometime uh, in the near future uh, with this team. We don't know what's going to happen with him and Letty come the expansion draft. We'll get to that in a minute. But Adam Pellick is the best defenseman, and there's a reason why there's a Pellick posse here, and there's a reason why he is you know, a fan favorite. And he does things that just go not unnoticed by many, but he's just a silent guy, and he just... He is not one of those guys that's going to command the room and do anything up like that. But Pellick is definitely that guy that can shut down opposing opposing teams forwards and just making it happen for, you know, the team. And that's what you want to see. And most of the things that go unnoticed with him, he, he gets it and he understands it. And that's why he has such a great following and he's so good. But those guys need to get re-signed. And, you know, Michael Dalcole might be a dead piece at this point. And I think Joshua Hosang's gone uh, at that point. And, uh, you know, there are a couple other free agents, too, that don't come to mind. But those three, they need to get re-signed. And, you know, they got to figure out what's going on with Kyle Palmieri as well. Uh, a guy that, you know, during the regular season when he got here with the island, you know, he wasn't scoring goals, but he was doing things that were kind of off off the radar, throwing the body, uh, definitely forechecking and trying to make things happen for his teammates on that on that third line with J.G. Pajot and, of course, with Oliver Wallstrom being there. And then, uh, you know, Travis Ajak, is he going to retire? We'll find out. Uh, 
He's, he was on the final year of his deal. Andy Green, another former New Jersey Devil, he signed a one-year deal. Is he going to retire? We'll find out. Uh, who's going who's gonna to come up as the younger kids? Oliver Wallstrom looks like he's going to have a spot next year on that right on that right wing. And we know the contract situation with Leo Komarov and, you know, young Kiefer Bellows coming up. Will he be the guy? Or will the Islanders look to trade or sign somebody via free agency on that third line? Because, honestly, I don't know what Kyle Palmieri is going to do. If he commands a lot of money, which he will this offseason, I don't think uh, he's going to give Lou Amarillo any, uh, any home down discount. You know, so we'll find out. And Andrews Lee is going to come back next year, too. So there's a lot of a lot of questions there. Now, with that being said, the expansion draft is coming up. Who do you protect? Who do you not protect? Scott Mayfield, Nick Letty, uh, Jordan Eberle has been a name that's been uh, been talked about. I think that would be a, a mistake uh, per se, but. You know, he's, he's meant a lot. He's a streaky scorer, of course, but, you know, you would want to keep a guy like that at leadership, and you've heard Barry talk about him uh, very highly. And, uh, you know, he is definitely that guy that could go out there and just make it with the best of them. And uh, the Letty Mayfield pairing during the year got killed, got killed during the year. But ultimately, you know, the Islanders, they, they found their way in the playoffs, and Nick Letty... And Scott Mayfield. Scott Mayfield was probably, you know, outside of Adam Pulak and Ryan, uh, Adam Pellick, excuse me, I'm beginning to sound like Butch Goring. Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak, Scott Mayfield was probably up there as far as the team's best defenseman. And Noah Dobson, you know, young, young kid, he's going to find his way. I think he's going to be a stud in the league in, in the upcoming future. And that core defenseman that they have right now is definitely, definitely special for sure. But when you look at when you look at it all, the bottom line is the Islanders. I think they'll be fine. They just got to find out what pieces are going to fall into place. Who's going to be a part of the team next year? And people keep on telling me about Alexander Ovechkin. They need to sign him. They got to go out there and do it. I don't think that's the answer. I think there's a logjam at forward still on the on the right side now with. Uh, with Cal Clutterbuck being there for another year. You know he's going to be on that fourth line. Oliver Wallstrom probably more than likely going to be on that third line. I don't think you're going to break up that B&B line, even though they're all left-handed shots. Josh Bailey uh, can go out there, and Anthony Beauvillier can go out there and play right wing. So I don't think you're going you're gonna to do that. And then Jordan Eberle, what happens there with him? You know, it's... It's definitely tough, but who do you trade out? Do you do that? Do you break up the chemistry? Lots of things that Lou Amarillo has to think about, and it's not an easy thing because of the chemistry and group of guys uh, that's here. We'll find out more on the uh, the uh, during the off season, but I, I can't picture that happening. And then the only spot that's available is that third line left left wing spot, but I don't think that. That's going to be filled out of house. I think that's going to be filled from within. And if they do re-sign uh, Kyle Palmieri, 
you know, which is a huge if, and that's really, in my opinion, a long shot. We'll find what happens uh, come the offseason, but it's definitely an unbelievable feeling uh, what the Islanders have been through, and some question marks for sure, but I think it can all get fixed out if they can get back uh, some guys that have been injured and re-sign some of the core pieces that are going to be uh, coming back, but regardless or not, it's definitely going to be tough. Uh, and finally, you know, the fan situation here. You know, people want to talk about the the beer can situation, what happened in Game 6, calling the Islander fan classless, but yet that's okay when you see the, you know, the clappers, those plastic clappers being thrown on the ice. That's fine. You know, you, you can't have the double standard. I'm sorry. And yet when you, you know, when you're zooming in and you see these plastic things on the ice, those things hurt too. You know, if you're going to look at the player safety like that, you know, for the fans out there and for the media that are saying that and Eddie O and whoever it is that's saying that that was dangerous in game six and every Islander fan calling it classless, but yet, you know, you see the clappers being thrown on the ice. Oh, they're so happy that their team is making it to a second straight Stanley Cup appearance. Get your head out of your asses, guys. Think for whatever it is at that point. I had no problem with the beer cans going on the ice. But you can't have the double standard saying that and not talk about the the clappers uh, in that situation. So, you know, it is what it is. And there's nothing you can really do about it. But that's built up frustration over the course of 25 years, 30 years, with the Islander fan trying to get respect and just do and being one win away uh, from that Stanley Cup and making it to a Game 7 was just absolutely unbelievable. But that those are my thoughts and opinions on it. If you're going to call it, call it the way how it is. You know, say it for the same thing for the players involved. Uh, you know, for player safety and everything like that. But you're not. Uh, and then finally, you know, Nassau Coliseum. One of the best buildings ever, in my honest opinion, to go watch a game. It was like, for me, it was like dipping the waters back in, having Shea Stadium and Yankee Stadium back, the old Yankee Stadium, and just having fans on top of each other, uh, going out there, going nuts, going crazy, watching a baseball game, and just, you know, not getting distracted by, you know, these little playgrounds that they have at these ballparks now, having the fan fest, fanfare, having these big restaurants. You know, you have one VIP section, a couple of luxury boxes here and there, and that was it. Yeah, those luxury boxes closed down because of the new renovations to the Coliseum, but, you know, regardless or not, it felt great. And for the fan base out there that basically, you know, just didn't experience all this stuff in the 80s or weren't around, you know, because of, you know, the birds and the bees, everything like that, uh, you know, they got it and they got a taste of what Nassau Coliseum is like. So, you know, for the younger fan out there that's listening to this and even for the older fan that can relate to the, uh, to the older days 
and just say like, wow, you know, this is crazy. What's going on? Everything like that. You know, honestly, good. Good. You know, that the Islander fan altogether got to experience this feeling of euphoria in game six. An absolutely unbelievable feeling. So, uh, you know, that's it. The barn's closed and a great arena, a great feeling. Uh, winning game six, not closing it out where the Tampa Bay Lightning were hoisting, were, you know, getting a trophy presentation on the ice. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much about it, man. And then, oh, I do want to end off on this. I do want to end off on this. A couple of weeks ago, I know that there was a little a rift, a little quote-unquote beef that a lot of people were throwing out there, using those words, beef, between IFA and myself or IFA and BOA. Boa is not involved, although I do sit with Boa, and I love Boa, the Blue and Orange Army, and I am, I guess, Boa first in that sense, but this is that was between me and John Dooling, the guy that runs IFA, young kid, and if it wasn't for him and IFA, I wouldn't have met anybody in Boa. I wouldn't have these great friendships that I have right now over the course of three to four years, and it was all over a post and if you go back on my feed and you see it you know it's one of those things that I look at and I say to myself I tweeted it I still I'm not gonna be like you know I'm sorry for it I tweeted it out and that's the way how I felt but the whole context of the matter was when you go out there and you have a big following of 10,000 or more followers and you're using yourself as that guy I think that this is the way how it is or this is how I feel about it but yet you know you see Boa going we you know we feel this way we're at the games we you know we like how this is and that's it there's nothing you could do about it it's a total group effort you know again I get it I understand it but it's it was stupid beef, you know. I still kind of sort of feel like that uh, in that regard. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I hold no personal grudges against John, personally. I hold no personal grudges against, uh, you know, against IFA. Like I said, they're, you know, they're a great supporters group in, in that sense. But, you know, it is what it is. Um... But that's pretty much about it, you know. Nothing more, nothing less. Just use we instead of I or go off of your personal Twitter handle. That's it. No beef. I have no beef with the kid at all whatsoever. And I like John, personally. I do. have nothing against Johnny. So there's that. It is what it is there. Um, shout out to all the Islander fans out there listening to this. Shout out to the people that have been following on the board sports for a really long time. You know who you are. And, yeah, you know, that's pretty much about it. But what I will tell you here is with the Islander fan, you guys are special. You guys are going out there making things happen and, you know, bringing the energy and showing the support for the team on social media. So, 
you know, regardless or not, the Islanders lost. It is what it is. I'm upset about it, of course. You know, the run's over. It was a special run. And to close out Nassau Coliseum with that overtime win like that was special. And from come from behind fashion, they call it Fort Never Lose for a reason. And that's it. Hopefully the memories get transferred over from the barn to the bank and or the stable, however you want to call it. And that's pretty much about it, man. So shout out to all those fans out there that have basically supported the Islander fan and have supported this podcast as well. And shout out to Sean uh, for just being you, man. So, you know, just wanted to just go out there and, and do that. Uh, on that note, for everybody here from the On the Board Sports podcast, for myself, uh, William Cherucci, we're going to bring you guys some really good content. I know I keep on po- putting it out there, but we've been busy uh, over the course of time. So regardless or not, it's been a great time uh, talking Highlanders hockey with you. And we'll see what happens come come this offseason. And plenty of sports to talk about, of course. Yankees, Mets, got football coming up, basketball. The NBA Finals is on the verge of happening right now. We're in the conference finals talking about it. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a fun time talking about it. So bigger and better things coming for the Islanders, and we can't wait to talk everything uh, sports-related with you. And can't wait for Sean to come back, man. So on that note, enjoy your Saturday, wherever you may be. Hope you enjoy this episode. Go follow, like, On The Board Sports, and follow our personal tags, too, at Will Cherucci and at Shawnee on the mic. And that's it. You know, on that note, we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Stay safe. LGI. And always believe. Keep the faith.